but also, I think the more important fact about this kid is, as soon as I saw him, I turned to the guy next to me and said, have you seen Holes? Because that guy looks like Zero. Because he looks exactly like Zero from Holes. Which, if anybody doesn't know, he's the illiterate kid that Shia LaBeouf takes under his wing. Well, hi, and welcome to the Hobbs Happenings Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hobbs, and thanks so much for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we have part two of our two-part conversation with David as he is uh, joining the Air Force here in the very near future. Uh, just a quick reminder before we get to the episode that you can follow the Hobbs Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So please do that, like and share, uh, and let us know that you are following. Right now, let's pick up back with our conversation with David. He was in the middle of telling us what his uh, medical testing and different testing like that was like in Kansas City. So let's pick up there. So after that, we went through and we did our... Uh, some more stuff where they like, they checked our hearing. So we all got into this, like, there's like six people at a time. We all went into this little metal box thing and it, it looked like, um, you're just really, thing you would get into really with the metal boxes today. Your house is it, a metal it, box. It, it's like, it was like a solid steel box and they huh? closed the door and it's just six dudes all looking at the wall with headphones on. Like no one's looking at each other or toward the middle. They're all just looking at their perspective wall. And we had to listen to these tones and we had to like click a button whenever we heard it and stuff. Yeah. So it was that. And then the eye test was, was like a regular eye test, but a little more in depth. Like it handled a lot of perception and stuff like stuff like that. Um, And then they weighed us and people who weighed too much or too little, you know, they had to like measure their chest and their stomachs and see if they had like the right um, body fat percentage and stuff like that uh but one of the weirdest parts of the day was they had us do all these orthopedic movements and uh we had to we had to race walking this really old guy he was like 60 he was the guy who was having us do all these things we had to race him while walking so we we all start well it's like 10 guys all in our underwear in this room and so <laughs> you can look over and see like all the, all the like teenagers and stuff for like trying to like suck in their guts and look skinny and like be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in shape for the military. And so everyone's like, and then he's like, all right, we're going to race walk. And everyone's like trying to be really serious about it. And like, they all get on the wall and they like say go. And they start, you know, doing a little walking thing across the room. And the doctor beat one of them <laughs> but like the dude the, the kid was so serious about it but whenever he's like so serious beforehand and then they say go and he just like he just looks like he's walking like he's not even trying he's just like just walking toward the wall and then the second time so they they're like okay well you lost you have to race again so they said he was really serious he's ready to go and they said go and he does it again. He just like, he looks so serious, but he's walking like he's slower than molasses. Like he's just, he's incredible. And the guy was going to beat him again. So he like, the doctor was, so he like lets up at the last second and they tie. 
And he's like, okay, you pass. <laughs> I really like so, the strategy that in order to join the United States Air Force, you have to race an old man in speedwalking and you have to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to do it in your underwear. <laughs> See, but that wasn't even the weirdest part of this orthopedic exercise. The weirdest part was at one point, we all had to individually, so only one person at a time, we had to squat all the way down, walk five steps, turn around and walk five steps. So like the doctor was like, people, people like to, you know, put their hands at their ears or something. And some people like to like pretend they have a weapon in their hands. And so the people in the room were like, one of them squatted down and was like, I'm going dual pistols. And he was like, Oh, pistols in the air and squatting really low and like wobbling forward. Really. It, it is, it's a really awkward thing to look at uh-huh. to see people squat and walk. Uh, and it was weirder that we all had to do it individually. So we waited as one by one, 10 people squatted and waddled, turned around and waddled. And some people failed and had to like, you know, do it over again because they lost their balances. So I'd, I'd say that was probably the weirdest test that we had that and the speed walking. I don't know what would make me happier if, this is like just a normal thing for the military or if for some reason that doctor is just bored. And so he tries to bring some spice to his life by making people do strange things and then laughing about them later. I don't know which one would make me more happy, but those are both great. Well, they were like, they were somewhere around 25 to 30 exercises we had to do. Oh. So, and we so, all had to wait until everyone else came because we came in one by one. Uh-huh. So one by one, the room filled up with half naked people and they were all just sitting in there waiting, waiting on the next guy to come in until they had enough people to do all the exercises. Did you have any like really small scrawny guys that they took aside afterwards because they couldn't pass the test and like told them they had a super secret mission that they could go on and then they're going to become <laughs> Captain America later? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> just check it. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. <laughs> And your hearing and your vision and your uh, ability to squat and waddle is uh, top notch. Top top notch. Top, top notch. notch. Okay. Tippity so top. After this weird orthopedic section, we had one more thing to do, and it was to go basically like a regular checkup sort of thing. He checks your reflexes and he looks in your ears and stuff, and um, <clears throat> we do that, and then we do a background check where they talk to us about things and try to get us to say things that were real or aren't real and then we mess up and we fail so went in for my exam everything's good i'm all healthy and everything so i was just about done so we had these little these little rectangular stickers that go on our chest and every time we passed a section they took a highlighter and they put a little check in the, in the box. So like whenever we did our drug test, they put a little check. Whenever we did our hearing, they did a little check. So I was on the last part. And he was about to check me when I hear, make a hole, make a hole. And someone comes and knocks on the door. And they're like, hey, we got a kid. And he's got something in his ear. And I was like, okay. So the doctor that's checking me just gets up and leaves. And so like so close to just having a little check mark on my little sticker. <laughs> and he just gets up and leaves. So I wait there for like 10 minutes probably. 
he comes back and he just checks it and he's like, okay, you're good, you're good, you're good to go. So I leave and I go and I, I, I sit out in the little lobby section and I start talking to the guys. I'm like, hey, you, uh, you guys know what happened? Some, some guy got something in their ear. He's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Avery. He got, he got, he has a bead in his ear. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So <laughs> the, they wouldn't take it out for liability reasons. So yeah. he failed. He was on the last section, but uh. he failed because he had a bead in his ear and has to come back in a month and do it again. That's terrible. But also he was like, yeah, my girlfriend makes like these, you know, friendship bracelets. And so I must just got one in my ear. But How does it happen? when we were about to leave, one of the doctors was like, yeah, that thing's been in there for at least eight years oh my because God. of all the dirt buildup. So I don't know who to believe. How old was this guy? Was it was he like a teenager? And so like when I don't know when he was ten, he stuck a beat in his ear and then they he was him down. He was like seventeen, eighteen. He's still in high school, so he's seventeen or eighteen. But I was very confused. That's nuts. But also, I think the more important fact about this kid is, as soon as I saw him, I turned to the guy next to me and said, "Have you seen holes? Because that guy looks like zero. Because <laughs> he looks exactly like Zero from Holes, which if anybody doesn't know, he's the illiterate kid that Shia LaBeouf takes under his wing. Great, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like first day, right? So next day, I'm we're walking or whatever, and some dude just looks over at me that I've talked to like maybe once this whole time. He goes, "Have you seen Holes?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> he looks like Zero," <laughs> and. I had one other person tell me that before the end of the trip. So second, second day, I just went up to him. I was like, hey, have you seen Holes, Avery? And he goes, yes. My nickname is Zero at school. I was like, okay. As long as, as long as you understand that you look just like Zero and it's amazing, it's all good. So Avery's pretty cool other than the bead in his ear. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Yeah. So how long, how it was, long did you stay in? First of all, how how far is Kansas City from Lincoln? Two hours. Okay. So so you were there. How long were you there? Did you stay the one night, and it was just those two days, and you came back, or what? Yes, it was just the one night, but it felt very very long because we got up so early and our day went so late. Yeah. So yeah, it was just the two days. You get back from all of that. And what happens then? You have to. You're, you're still thinking about doing the um, the linguist school, right? Because you had talked to your recruiter about that. Yeah, but it's a specialized thing, so I had to be. I you know I take tests and stuff before they even considered me. So uh, we went back and started talking to the recruiter because out of the before we left, the recruiter was like, there was three of us coming out of his office. He said, odds are one of you will fail. Well, it turned out I was the only one that passed oh. because one guy was. One pound overweight. Oh. Just one. And so he had to drive all the way back up to Kansas City and weigh in on Monday because he was one pound overweight, which is just awful. And then the other kid that went with me got like a 17 on his ASVAB. Oh, dear. So he just failed for failing. I would rather Um, be overweight. 
Yeah, I'd rather be a pound. I'd rather be <laughs> 15 pounds overweight. <laughs> 17 on a test that, that, like, the high score is at 99.5. <laughs> See, apparently it's not, like, crazy uncommon, because another kid that went on the trip got, like, a 3 his first time. Really? He got, like, a 67 his second time. Oh, my. So, I guess the, I guess the, the second test is always astronomically better than the first test. As an educator, this but, worries me <laughs> about the youth. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue. So, so when we got back, it was before it was like I had to call Sarah. and was like, hey, so I might be hanging out at the recruiter's office for a while, but we got to decide which one of us is going to talk about the jobs we want or which one of us is going to come back because everyone lived about two hours away. Yeah. And But then on the way back, I was like, well, everyone failed but me. So, so I'm going to be in the recruiter office for a while. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah left like an hour late to come get me. And uh. like, I was frustrated for a minute. And then I was like, I got into the recruiter office and we started talking. And then I looked down and I'm like, it's been an hour and a half. I'm glad <laughs> she left late. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically after you take the ASVAB and your medical testing and stuff, you pick out up to 10 jobs and two aptitude sections, whether that's like the general or if it's like medical or, you know, mechanical, you pick. And so they have to put you in one of the above. Uh, and they'll try to put you in order. And if they don't have any jobs that are on your list, then they put you in one of the aptitude areas that you chose. Well, he had just gotten the list that Monday that was all the jobs that had just come out. So I just picked jobs that had just come out. Like I just went through the list of the jobs that came out, read them all, and they all seemed really boring and like I was doing maintenance work. Mm-hmm. And so I explained to him, I was like, like I, I want to use my brain, but like I don't want to be bored either. Like I don't want to just be doing, you know, boring stuff all day, like maintenance. Yeah. And he was like, well, there's this really cool position where you're up in a helicopter doing like special forces stuff and <laughs> you, you, you do maintenance on the helicopter, but you're also shooting this really cool cannon. I was like, that sounds cool. So <laughs> I I'm going to sign up for that one. <laughs> yeah. So I put that at the top of my list. And then it was like, I could be in charge of like moving people like executives and uh, like diplomats and stuff like that. Um, and then like went on down the list to more boring stuff. <clears throat> but it's pretty cool. So I was like, okay, I hope I get the first job on my list. He called me the next, uh, a couple of days later and goes, hey, you got the first job on your list. Congratulations. Nice. I was like, cool. And then he, he said, well, I got you set up for this test, but if you take the test and pass, you have to take the job. Like, you cannot turn the job down if you, take the language job, if you take the language test. So I thought about it for a little while, talked to Sarah, prayed about it, um, and decided that's what I wanted to do. So went in thursday and took the test and this is been, it's been this is for two, three is, weeks since asvab this is for the linguist one right we're not talking about the yes. helicopter thing this is the linguist test no yes okay. the linguist job is a specialized test that i have to score so high on the asvab for and then take another specialized test for this job specifically gotcha so the test is called the d lab mm-hmm. if anyone ever takes this test read the book that i read it is phenomenal. I'm pretty sure the guy could have gotten fined like $10,000 because 
because that's what the little thingy before the test says. If you ever share information on the test, you get fined a bunch of money. Um, but go ahead and find him. I'm sure he's made lots of money on his book. So Didn't the recruiter the, give you that book? No, oh. no. I read a bunch of articles online and they, they all said, said this book one? is great. So I was oh, like, okay. everyone says it's great. It must be great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the B-Lab test is an aptitude test. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with how well I know any other languages or anything like that. Basically, I have to be really good at grammar. I have to be able to hear differences. Like one of the sections was uh, syllables and which syllable the stress is on. So I have to be able to hear which syllable the stress is on. But it was in this really obscure, made-up language. So it was, it was very difficult. Uh, and then another section of the test was you, you had these grammar rules and... <clears throat> You had to figure out how to translate this English sentence into this other language based on the grammar rules. So basically all the words were still the same once you translated them. They just had like weird consonants and vowels in them. And, um, but the hardest part was I'm a very visual learner. 90% of the test was audio only. Like I could read the sentence, but all the options were audio. And then for the syllables, all of it was audio and in some random gobbledygook language. Uh, and then there's a practice test in this book. And so I was like, oh, good. I'm, I'm to the visual part now. Because there's a really small section for the visual part. And I started going through it. And it's like all these different pictures with gibberish underneath them. And you have to like figure out what this other picture says, like what words the other picture says based on the correlation between words and pictures and stuff. Uh, but it's like really hard. Like you have to like think about things that aren't in any of the pictures. So I did really, really, really poorly on the practice test on the visual section. So I was like, well, if I'm a visual learner and I did this bad on the visual section, I'm going to have some problems. <laughs> so, but when I took the test, I felt a lot better about it because the because the book I read and so I was but I still felt like I could have failed like could have passed but I think I failed I came out of there and there's a standard uh score and there's a raw score your raw score is basically what you get like straight out of it and then your standard score is when they do all their math for I don't know if it's like how long it took you to finish or whatever but the raw, the standard score is the important score. Yeah. So I get out of there and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that looks good, but I don't know. So I like call my recruiter and he was like, good job. That's a, that's a good score, I think, but I'll call you back because I'm with somebody. I like he's with another recruit. Mm. I was like, okay, well, didn't give me any peace of mind. So thank you. <laughs> call me back soon. <laughs> so then I go. I, I, I'm like out with Sarah and I'm like, I think this is good. And I think I'm good, but I don't know. So I go back in and I have to like go back through the metal detector and everything on the way back into their building. And I go look for all the air force people. Cause they've got like an air force office in there and there's nobody there. Like nobody in the entire building is part of the air force huh. all of a sudden, because I guess they're all out to lunch or something. I don't know what it was, but they're, they're all, all flying going. planes, man. They're all flying planes. I guess so. So, but there were like, there were like four or five in there before when I, before I started the test. So I was like, well, this is a bummer. So I went to the front desk and I was like, Hey, 
do you guys know who can tell me if I passed? And the the lady that I was talking to turned over to the guy that was next to him and was like, hey, this is his question. Can you help him? And he's like, grab my paper. And he was like, you're stupid. Of course you passed. And handed it back to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so I got a 130. And to pass, I needed a 95. All right. I think that's good. <laughs> yes. To be, I think, like, guaranteed into the program, I needed, like, a 100 or, like, a 110. Uh-huh. I, think it's, I think it's a 100. Well, <clears throat> me and Sarah drove back to the recruiting office after that and started talking to him. And he was like, yeah, you did really great. That's the best score that this office has ever seen. You did really great. Nice. And so, like, Sarah looks really goofy because she's, like, smiling so big. She's like, yeah, that's <laughs> my husband. Like, yeah, he's so smart. <laughs> so, so she made me feel really good. <laughs> but I was like, I just, I didn't know what to do because I was just so nervous that I failed the test. I was so nervous that I, like, wasn't going to pass. And then secretly I was hoping, I was like, I passed, but not by a huge margin because they have these categories of languages. <laughs> and you're and like, crap, they're going to get me in a really hard language. <laughs> exactly. They have five <laughs> categories of languages and it starts out like super easy. I like Spanish. Then it goes to like German and French. And then it goes to like Arabic and Mandarin. And so now I think I'm going to get stuck with like Farsi, you know? <laughs> so, but I mean, at least it's cool because your D lab score is good for life. Yeah. So I never have to retest or anything. So I guess that's good. But at the same time, I'm like, just like a 1%. <laughs> I wish that I'd done a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that I did so well because it's not something that I, you know, have to redo or, yeah. you know, anything like that. It's good. But, but yeah, so he signed me. He said, you can do flying linguist or ground linguist. And his reasoning behind it was like, flying's cool because you're flying and you get to wear flight suits and like people treat you differently and it's cool because you get to wear flight suits and you get to wear flight suits. And I was like, okay, so flight suits are cool. And maybe, (laughs) does that include being in the Space Force? Like whenever they get that going? Don't know. Space suit? Maybe I'll I'll learn Martian, you know? Yes. (laughs) But, oh yeah, he said the pay is better because you get flight pay. Well, that, that's what um, I would have repeated. I would, I would have yeah, repeated that yeah. part, not the flight suits. You get more money. Yeah, and people are not allowed to bother me between certain hours when I'm, like, preparing for flight and stuff. So, like, I don't know exactly how it works, but, like, if I have a regular schedule, if I fly so many days a week, nobody can bother me anywhere around those times can you because I have sure, to be sleeping. You can, oh, I was going to say, can you make sure that those times are like during Kentucky games? <laughs> you can just watch the, but if you need to be I sleeping. I could do that. Yeah, if you, we'll, if you we'll get that figured out. That wouldn't work. <laughs> I need to be resting. I don't know if they term sleeping, but resting is good. Basketball is restful. Yeah. So, so that's good. So I, I told him I want to do the flying linguist. And he didn't even fill out the rest of the paper. He just put flying linguist and was like, you're going to get this job. I'll talk to my boss okay. and we'll call you. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. I mean, at least they won't put me in some crap job. I mean, he's like, ah, you signed up for linguist, but you're going to be janitor. Oh, well. So so that's good. Hmm. So I should hear back uh, within the week <clears throat> on 
for sure my um, my job and a confirmation on when I leave for basic. And then the following week, I should get a contract. Gotcha. So now my oh, do what? Ba- basic training is where? Basic training is in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Do you have like a period of time that it's possible? Like, is it like a couple of weeks that you would ship out or would it be like a couple of months or what? Do you have an idea? Well, with the other job, it was January 21st. I would drive into Kansas City January 20th, swear in the morning of the 21st, and then fly out. Mm-hmm. He told me originally it might push it back a month or two having this other job. But there was another guy in the office that day that said, I don't know, it might push it up. So it might be in the December, which would be kind of great, because um, the sooner the better. But so it's, it's unknown so right now, anywhere from, but I'm thinking from December. December to March is your option. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping it's on the December side. Okay. And then how long is basic training? Basic training is two months long. Okay. Um, week seven is when I have my graduation and people can come. Uh, there is a 10 person adult limit. And so children don't count. And if you like, like Brian, Brian's in the military, so he can get his family in without going through me exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a three day thing. Uh, the graduation is on the Friday. And then I, I will have like a pre tech school, tech school somewhere else in Texas. And then after that's over, I will go to Monterey, California, and I'll be there for like two, three weeks before Sarah can follow me. And then I'll be there for two years. Sounds like a pretty sweet gig. And and we discussed the other day that you're going to be like a whole three hours closer to me in California than yeah. you would be. And, and I won't be the least favorite child anymore because I won't be the one that lives the farthest away from mom and dad. <laughs> so That's whatever. I'll be the favorite sibling. I have already had offers from Anna. She's like, oh, we're coming to see you. We're coming to see you. Uh-huh. Yeah, no one wants to come to Utah, okay? Utah's boring. Hey, Utah is amazing, sir. And you need yeah, to California's better. You need to California. It's still west. It's on the ocean. We still have mountains. I mean, like, it's it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, but then they got a bunch of, like, liberal people there, and you've got homeless people. What's wrong with that? Pooping on you the like to argue. Stuff. So, it's interesting. You know, they're liberal with their love. Okay? That's right. God is a liberal God. Yes. Yes. We should be liberal with our love. We should be liberal with our love. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> So, David, are you excited for this whole Air Force thing? I am excited. I was excited before. I'm more excited now that on paper, I am smart. <laughs> because lately I have had trouble finding words in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be like mid-sentence and be like, what is the word? I used it four times yesterday. I cannot remember. Mm-hmm. So... At least forever, I'll have this piece of paper that said, I once was smart. <laughs> At one point, I had intelligence. It may be gone. Yep. <laughs> but I had it before. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, I am, I am really proud of you. And I have had like two classes yesterday that we weren't talking about it at all. But I decided that I was going to tell them that you had passed this test. 
the linguist test and had like scored higher than anyone that this office had seen before. And I encouraged them with the fact that like when we were in school, you know, like I would get like for me to do my best was an A. And then for you, whenever you got your grades, it might be like a B or a C or something like that, like not as high. And that doesn't mean that you're not as smart. In fact, I think you're much smarter whenever it comes to things that actually matter. Like you're much better at dealing with people and you're much better at like technical things. I can memorize stuff and put it on a test, but that's not what the real world is like. (laughs) So just encouraging my students through your story, the idea that do your best through school and like don't slack off, but do your best. And then when you're done, find something you're good at and go do it. And uh, I think that's what you're doing. And I'm really proud of you. And you're going to, well, thank you. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. But that is a little different tone than when I called you and when I called Becca the other day, <laughs> when I talked about the highest in my recruiting office, <laughs> you both said, both of you said on different phone calls, well, it is Missouri. <laughs> so I, no I hope Missouri. And the only reason, <laughs> sure. the sure. only reason I said that is because people make those jokes about Kentucky. So I think uh-huh. about is fair play. <laughs> That is exactly what Rebecca said. <laughs> Great minds. But I, I hope one of your students is from Missouri. <laughs> I love all Missourians. Um, they're <laughs> and um, I love people from every state. <laughs> yes, I'm liberal with my love for people from all the states. Um, and I mean, we just talked about Missouri in my state history class because that's where the LDS people went uh, before they went to Illinois, and then they came out to Utah. So. It's all good things. It all it all comes together. <laughs> I really was talking about school stuff. That's how I tied it in. We were talking about Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we were talking about the Revolutionary War. So that's the military, and you're joining the military. So. Also, <laughs> I do think though that both of us have a special place in our hearts now. Me more so than you, but for the city of Colorado Springs because that's where I met my wife and got to do like focus and stuff, and it's why I'm doing this podcast because I learned like I can actually do a podcast. And then for you, because like the Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs, and now the Air Force is special to you because it's going to be your life for six years at least. So it'd be great times. Catch you out. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me here on this podcast, even though if you have to sigh through my telling you thank you. Did you not like it? Is that what this is about? <laughs> oh, I was trying to speak. Um, I was going to say something. Well, go ahead. I was going to have a funny comment. Go ahead. And then... You, you, there was. I was like, yeah, keep the com- compliments coming, but they they kept coming, so I didn't have to say it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, I'd really appreciate you joining on the podcast. I had a blast, and I hope you did too. I did. To those of you listening, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hobbs Happenings podcast, where we use stories to bring our family closer together. I'm your host, Andrew Hobbs. Please join us next time for another exciting episode. And until then, toodles.